Street with MoneyWeb. Thanks, Greg. Almost exactly five minutes after six o'clock. Hilton Tarrant back with you on the market update this Monday evening. Tons to get through. Uh, about six or seven companies reporting financial results. David Shapiro has his pen at the ready. And Gugu Letumfupi has your business news up first. Thanks, Hilton. Good evening. Interest rates in South Africa are set to stay at 5% this week, with imported inflation from a weaker currency concerning the central bank way more than sluggish economic growth. The rand has lost nearly 2% against the U.S. dollar since the last rates meeting in March this year and hit a four-year low of 9 rand 47 to the greenback during today's session, mainly due to concerns about mining labor strikes. And local financial services firm Alexandra Forbes says it's considering possible deals to sell off stakes in its short-term and life insurance unit, Guard Risk. The company has not yet named the investors who have shown interest in the unit, which operates in South Africa, Mauritius and Namibia. Turning to the markets now, the JSEO share index has ended the day off in the red by 0.8% at 41,079 points. The rand's currently at 9.47 to the US dollar. 1439 to the pound and 12 rand 19 against the euro. Gold trading at $1,368 an ounce, a barrel of Brent crude oil at $105, and the platinum price at $1,469 an ounce. Thanks, Google. Six minutes after six o'clock, David Shapiro of Sasson with us as always. David, chaos on the markets today. Yeah, we got hit on two sides. I mean, the first. On the first side was domestic, which was uh, after Abel's results really highlighted indebtedness of uh, South African householders, the pressures that they are facing uh, you know, on their incomes, difficulty paying down debt. So that not only knocked um, Abel, I think the shares lost something like 40% over the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. When was it? 2nd of May, I think, or mm-hmm. 3rd of May that their uh, trading update came out. But since then, they've lost an enormous amount. I thought they would have been built into the price, but uh, shared down another 16%. Bear in mind that, uh, number one, uh, there has been a suggestion of going short of Able offshore, and also it has a very strong offshore component. So I think we've got to wait for the uh, foreigners to get out of it, or certain some of the foreigners to get out. But um, Hilton, that's spread to other banks. First of all, there's a fear that if this is happening to Able, what's the effect on, on other banks' books as well? So Capitec has been coming down almost, I think, from 220 below now, 193. So that's lost a lot of ground. And all the other banks. And then the retailers, of course. Mm. <laughs> if there's no credit... If, uh, if householders are under pressure, it's going to affect uh, spending. So that's the one side. The other side is unconnected, which is the gold price and platinum price. Also worries about strike action uh, on our minds. If you looked at Business Day this morning, the headlines there about NUM wanting to go out, on, you know, strike again, demand for wages. So put those together, you, we've got a pincer movement. You know, you, you, we're in the middle. We'll hear from Leon Kikinis, the chief executive of Able, in about 10 minutes' time at 20 past 6 this evening. Gold stocks at an almost 12-year low. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said that Sibanya Anglo Gold is shanty down 4% today. Goldfields down 2%. And you alluded to those uh, demands being made by unions. 61% pay increase, <laughs> I mean, David. But, but Hilton, they cooked. I mean, they're absolutely cooked. I don't, I don't think anybody reads the headlines. I don't think there's anybody in this country other than a, a couple of financial analysts or people that actually read the headlines and know what's happening in the world. 
I mean, you've got a gold price that is falling dramatically. It, it picked up a little today, but I mean, it's in the mid-1300s from, from the uh, promises of 2000. Platinum price under pressure. The mines are, are really, and you want to, you want higher wages, you know. <laughs> Who's going to pay them? You know, we can create money. I mean, uh, Jill Marcus can actually print monopoly money. It's fine. But, I mean, then you've got inflationary pressures and, and, and other issues. But it's just crazy. This, of course, sent the rand uh, all the way to 9.50, 9.48 to the dollar at the moment, 14.40 to the pound. Not a time to be traveling overseas. <laughs> no. You don't want you, you, you to try and go across the, across the water. I mean, it's not what, what it does display is that it's not... Um, it's not the euro dollar or it's not the dollar yen that is hurting us. This is weak South African currency because we, we're down against all the crosses. And no, this no. hits the, the, the weaker rand hits mm. the poorest hardest because yeah. it hits taxi fares, it hits yeah. the price of rice, it yeah. hits the price of grain, it hits the price of maize. And absolutely, you know, it's, uh, we're importing a, a huge, a lot more than we're exporting. Mm. Most of the things that we consume on a day-to-day basis are actually uh, imported, and even if you take the indirect costs of food, you know there are a lot of transport costs involved, which is the the, the petrol price. So, <laughs> I you know when when's the Reserve Bank meeting? I think Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever mm. they're coming out sometime. Poor old Jill Marcus. I mean, she's 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 got a lot on her plate, as as has Pravin Gordon, because I don't know where they're going to find the revenues to meet all the social grants that they have to pay out. Well, we are taking your questions on the market update. 34701 is the SMS line. 34701, the SMS line with the keyword market. That'll cost you two rand per SMS. David, a couple of results to get to. Uh, the first of those, Barla World. Let's hear from mm-hmm. Clive Thompson, now the chief executive, on the performance of the group's automotive and logistics businesses. You know, extremely well. They're probably the highlight of the period. You know, revenues were up 15% across those businesses and, and, and operating profits up 27%. And if you dissect that, um, you know, we had a strong performance across across the board there. So our motor retail business was up uh, 28% uh, on the back of, of about 10% growth in new vehicle sales and also some improved uh, uh, margin. Uh, we Our, our Avis, uh, fleet services business profits there were up 44% and the car rental business plus 13 uh, and that was on the back of some growth in volumes, some new contracts won, um, and also some uh, good profits on the rollout of our, of our uh, used vehicles. Uh, and then the final component of that uh, division is our logistics business, and their operating profits grew 19%. Um, and um, we've also made a few niche acquisitions there, which, which will actually further improve our, our trading performance in, in the back six months. We, we've probably been at the top end of our expectation. We, we had seen this year somewhere between uh, about 4 and 8%, and, 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 and we've come in at about 10% growth in the uh, in the half year, we think that'll probably moderate somewhat uh, in the back six months, but we'll probably still end up up between five and ten percent for the full year. Clive, just to close off with your outlook for the second six months across the group. We've got pretty positive momentum across the automotive side. That should continue. Uh, the short-term uh, situation in the mining sector is, is likely to be challenging given the circumstances that are prevailing at the moment. Um, but having said that, uh, we've got a, a good order book. We, we've got some strong deliveries in the back half of the year, and we expect for the group as a whole um, a solid performance for the full year to September. That full interview with uh, Clive Thompson, the Chief Executive of Barlow World, available on our MoneyWeb Talk and MoneyWeb Now apps. That's for iPhone phone, iPad, as well as Android and BlackBerry. David, good numbers. I, I thought they were good. I was just looking at some analyst reports who felt that they were short of expectations, but I don't know what they were looking for. 
um, in these under these circumstances on the mining side, you know, they they held their own. Russia looks good, and the automotive side far better than we we're expecting. So, uh, you, know, you know, in general, and you heard Clive, he's uh, what 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 looks. Uh, like a, a good second half, you know, I think at these prices it's reasonable. Well, the terms of reference for the long-awaited Competition Commission market inquiry into the private healthcare sector in the country were published last week. We heard from the Deputy Commissioner, Trudy Makaya, uh, late last week, hoping to have draft recommendations uh, out of that inquiry by December next year. Earlier I spoke with the Chief Executive of the country's largest private hospital group, Netcare, Dr. Richard Friedland, and asked him if the company had been in contact with competition authorities. Uh, no, we've obviously made um, um, some submissions, but obviously that process is, is underway and will start. And um, we look forward to uh, a process that will hopefully be impartial and independent um, into the entire sector. And hopefully also a, a process that uh, sticks to those, those timelines that have been provided and it doesn't drag on for, for years and years and years. Yeah, absolutely. Just looking ahead to the second half, your outlook for, for South Africa and the UK? Um, our outlook is, uh, for, as we've mentioned, uh, we, we um, uh, very much steady as she goes, really. I'm hoping that so we had said we'd want to break even in the UK for the year. We've already done that uh, for the first six months, and we're hoping to continue that performance. The UK is now positively contributing to earnings, but... We think that the UK macro environment will continue to be a very challenging one for at least the next six months. And I think in terms of South Africa, we've also guided towards steady growth, uh, single-digit uh, um, uh, growth in, 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 in revenue, really, um, with uh, those two hospitals really only coming on in the next 18 months, um, and so won't impact earnings at this stage. Dr. Richard Friedland, there, the Chief Executive of Netcare. First half revenue is up 8.5% to $13.3 billion. Adjusted headline earnings per share up $0.21. Cents. Not bad? No, they're coming on. I think the local operations you know, doing very well. We've already seen from Netcare and Medi-Clinic, um, you know, that private healthcare payers in South Africa doing very well. It's just the offshore sign, I think, that does continue to be a drag. They are, they, they're addressing it uh, in various structures, but uh, I suppose they can hold their own on the local side only. David, also in the market, Pioneer Foods, first off revenue up 11%, headline earnings up 38%, but if you do all mm. the black economic <laughs> empowerment uh, plan adjustments, earnings mm. flat. It is flat, and I think it's, it's, we've seen it in all the food companies. I don't think they're um, immune from what's been happening in that industry. So, But it's, look, hopefully they got, they've got economic empowerment behind them. They've got all the competition issues behind them and uh, can start focusing on the business. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Almost 16 minutes after 6 o'clock, South Africa's largest mobile operator, Vodacom, today reported results for the year to March 31. Revenue up by 4.5%. Service revenue grew by just 1.9%, but headline earnings per share were up 23%. Data revenue up 22%, with active data customers increasing by a similar number to 18.5 million across the group, 14.5 million of those in South Africa, the rest in Tanzania, DRC, Lesotho, and Mozambique. In South Africa, customers grew by 5%, to 30.3 million, but Vodacom added just 57,000 net contract customers between January and March this year and lost a net of 308,000 prepaid customers. Earlier, I spoke with Chief Executive Shamil Joseph and asked him what was behind the far slower quarter. 
Thank, firstly, thank you, Alton. Um, well, I think the, the big thing was that we effectively decided to clean up the calling cards on our on our base, and that played a big part in the in the cleanup of the prepaid. So we took that decision uh, in uh, August or September, and uh, you know we have cleaned up the base substantially uh, in the in the last six months. And then obviously from April onwards, we get back into positive. It was, it was eradicating the um, eradicating the calling cards on our base. But I think the more important part is that if you look at our our revenue market shares, we've actually regained revenue market share in the uh, in the last six months to end the year on flat. Shamil, just in terms of consumers and and the pressure that consumers are under, are you seeing evidence of that in in your operations? Yes, we are. I mean, we, we're seeing it in, in South Africa that, you know, there's definitely uh, pressure, especially on the low end. And uh, is there a noticeable increase in competition in the in the mobile space? There's definitely an, an increase in competition, both in, in mobile and I, I would say in the data space uh, uh, as well. Uh, across the 12 months, we, we have seen some dynamics coming into play around uh, new tariffs, uh, new ways of, of building new bundles uh, being added. The, the effective price that, that customers are paying for voice calls, how has that changed over, over the year? So what we've done is we've worked on a strategy of making sure that we gave more value to our customers uh, and uh, launched a whole lot of new packages. But we also worked on the strategy of saying that, you know, Basically, uh, we were giving the prices to promotions, um, and what we, we've now done is to deal with the high-level pricing and bring the high-level pricing down. Um, and uh, so, you know, what we're seeing is that the effective price per minute is now one rand, uh, and on prepaid it's 72 cents. On the contract side, you did introduce the new smart and red integrated price plans uh, just towards the, the end of the 12 months at the beginning of March. What's the traction like been with those? So 80% of all new connections uh, on contracts are basically going towards uh, the new integrated plans, and you know we're quite we, we, we're very happy with uh, with the traction that we're getting on the new plans. And no doubt uh, driving uh, smartphone penetration within your customer base as well. Very much so. Um, you know I think one of the big parts for us is that we've added 1.2 million more smartphones, or 26% more smartphones this year. We now have six million smartphones on the base. And, you know, these also speak well to the integrated new plans that we've launched. On the international front, uh, the operations are producing very strong numbers, especially in, in Tanzania. Very much so. So Tanzania has become a bigger part of our operation. And, I mean, you know, it's now just Tanzania on its own is $4 billion of revenue. And, uh, you know, it's been a healthy growth of 35% plus. Uh, you know, the DRC is now $2.7 billion of revenue, 21% growth, and Mozambique is it's grown to 1.9 billion of revenue, uh, you know, with a 30% growth. So, you know, all our operations have done exceptionally well. You have gotten a significant amount of traction in the Tanzanian market with with the mobile money uh, service and Pesa, and you are rolling that out to to your other operations such as Mozambique, uh, Lesotho, and the DRC. What about South Africa? Uh, that has been launched or relaunched a couple of years ago. Um, are, you, are you going to try and spin the model on its head and, and try again? Yes, very much so. I think, uh, you know, the, the model in South Africa, we're going to take the learnings from Tanzania and even from Kenya and uh, basically, you know, re, redo the product offering in South Africa. Um, and I think also, you know, the relaxation of some of the FICA uh, rules uh, around uh, M-Pesa will also help 
to create further uptake infection on, on the product itself. And then in terms of efficiencies, uh, in terms of growing EBITDA, growing the, the headline earnings line, will you be looking to get a lot more efficiencies out of your operations? Very much so. I think, you know, the, the, the big thing, obviously, in our African operations is as we get scale, mm. the, um, you know, the, the, the cost to operate, if you like, and operating cost does come down. Um, and, uh, you know, in South Africa, we're constantly optimizing costs as well. And, uh, you know, we look at more efficient ways to do things. And, and one of the big things is obviously as we build out our own transmission network, we have significant savings that are coming from that. So to close off with Shamil, uh, the shift from voice to data, specifically uh, in the South African market, we are seeing voice revenues flat to, to slightly negative. Data revenues obviously uh, rocketing ahead. The margins in both those di- uh, businesses very different. What is the impact of that shift from, from voice to data? Well, it has significant impact, obviously, on the network, uh, Milton, from the perspective that obviously we need to build out faster and 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 uh, build more uh, you know build more capacity and so on to cope with the high level of data traffic. Um, you know, from a voice perspective, voice is still growing. Uh, if you look at voice volume, so voice volumes grew by about seven and a half percent this year, mm. um, but data is obviously growing at forty percent. So you know, um, or, or be that voice is growing off a higher base. That's Shamil Joseph there, the Chief Executive of Vodacom. That full podcast on our MoneyWeb Talk and MoneyWeb Now apps as well as on MoneyWeb.co.za tomorrow morning. David Shapiro, Vodacom results? I'm buying them for the dividend. That, uh, if you look at the current dividend, we're on a 6.9% dividend yield, which I can, you know, we're, we're you can live with. I can live with this. As long as they continue to produce steady profits and increasing their dividends, even at a slow rate, it's still... Uh, it's still something nice to have, and you know they're becoming a utility. Um, lower margins, you can see voice coming down, and so on, as you heard. So, um, I, you know, I, I think it's just a very nice, steady share to have. Don't look at it as a growth uh, investment, but very nice, steady income producer. SAFM market update with MoneyWeb. Almost 23 after 6, while African Bank Investments Limited, or ABLE, the JSE-listed owner of African Bank and Ellerines, has been under pressure since its late trading update on Thursday, May the 2nd, uh, earlier this month, spooked the market. The share price lost 15% on the Friday following that announcement, a further 4% when the market reopened on the Monday. A week later, it hosted a conference call and provided additional information. The share price then jumped 7% on the news. This morning, after reporting a 26% drop in first-half earnings with return on equity of just 13.9, its dividend cut from 85 cents to 25 cents a share. The share price plummeted as much as 24% to 16 rand a share. Eventually, it closed down 17% at 17 rand 40. Leon Kekinis, chief executive of ABLE, joins us now. Leon, things were going well. They were going okay. At the end of January, you knew things that were tough in the quarter to December. You communicated that to the market. There was every indication that you would hold your earnings and they'd come in at uh, roughly what you'd guided. What went wrong? Yeah, good evening uh, to you and to all your listeners. I think that um, the reality is that uh, things got tougher than what we anticipated. And whilst, um, you know, we pride ourselves on being able to communicate accurately and read accurately what happens in, in our environment, uh, during the course of the last uh, a couple of uh, months, it's just gotten challenging and more challenging and so as a result of that we felt that it was necessary to actually take certain precautionary measures um, 
because at the end of the day, our job is to build a sustainable business through the cycles. Um, and so we did uh, make certain calls in the uh, for the half-year results uh, that looked to buffer the business further, um, both from a capital perspective and hence the reduction in the dividend, uh, in addition to that from a pricing perspective for new loans, which we've increased during this period of time, and uh, further reduced our loan offers to customers. And then in addition to that, obviously, provisioning coverage was uh, was increased uh, given the sort of uncertain environment uh, that we faced with. Those provisions, those write-offs, those additional uh, uh, safeguards uh, to, to, to ensure sustainability, as you say, those all made to March the 31st. The million-dollar question is, how's trading been since then? It has gotten better. So we have, certainly from a collections perspective, we've seen an improvement in March and, and in the two months subsequent to that. Um, and, there, and so we are seeing better signs, um, but we do think that the year will remain a challenging year from a credit environment in the industry at, at large, and uh, more specifically, obviously, in the area of the market that we operate. And at the end of the day, there's a, there's a fine judgment uh, required in terms of assessing um, what the future looks like. None of us have uh, crystal balls. Mm. So... In the absence of certainty, rather be more cautious in your uh, in your buffers in in the year ahead. I mean, you did mention that our return on equity was 13.9 percent. Uh, the return on tangible equity was at, on, on at 24, 25 percent. So, despite the fact that our earnings dropped um, and that we had these more conservative buffers built in, the underlying return on equity remained strong. Leon, in the banking units, the the loans that you are writing, the size of those loans and the length of those loans, how have those dynamics changed in the past three to six months? We've definitely shortened them um, and reduced the loan sizes and will do so uh, again in the course of the next couple of months uh, as we see how the environment plays out. We always felt uh, that the risk was going to emerge. You can't have the sort of growth in, the, in, this, in, this, in, in this marketplace that took place over the course of the last year or year and a half and not expect a, a higher risk. We were just surprised the extent to which and how quickly it came. Um, but uh, certainly we feel that um, uh, the uh, necessary steps have been taken and uh, we will continue to do so as the environment unfolds uh, ahead of us. The furniture division, Ellerine's trading is still tougher than, than the banking unit. Yeah, it's become, it's definitely, a, the, the furniture market has definitely seen a, a, a significant drop in, in uh, demand for uh, product, uh, with sales down 11% uh, in the period. Uh, now, a business that's got a high fixed cost business uh, base, if you have an 11% drop in your in your sales, you, it's going to translate through to the bottom line, unfortunately. Um, but it's worth mentioning that a lot of great work has been done in Ellerines over the last little while. Um, and you know, a couple of years back when we bought this business, the retail unit itself was losing 300 million rand at the same level of sales that we've got today. And today it's at break even. So it's a far more robust business than it was uh, a few years back. Leon, across the group, are you still happy with your level of funding? That's still adequate? Yes, it is. We we have a unique funding model. Um, we're one of the few banks in the world where we, the length of, the, of the, the duration of our liabilities exceeds the duration of our assets. In other words, we our cash comes back at us quicker from our loan book than, than it does in terms of repaying our 
our funders. We have pretty good relationships and uh, close relationships with our funders, and uh, we think it certainly is uh, has stood us in good stead in an environment where uh, you have uh, a different credit cycle that's playing out at the moment. Leon Kirkin is the chief executive of Able. David, 17 mm. rand a share and some change? I'm, I'm sure we're heading into value. I think one of the issues that you have to appreciate, you've got a rand at 9.50 now, huge foreign component. So not only taking punishment on the share price, but on the rand as well. And I think that's something we can't read. There's also the worry about... You know, we've always valued their guidance and we've always valued their grip on the market. And for once, they let us down. And that's challenging the, uh, you know, the local industry. Not quite sure what's, uh, you know, why these results were where they are. Well, it was a day where the JSE ended down 0.8%, 41,079 points on the old share. Gold shares down 3.4% today at an almost 12-year uh, low for the JSE's gold index. That on the back of some fears around those wage demands being made. 61% increase in, in basic uh, remuneration. We saw pressure, as David said, in the retail as well as banking sectors. Uh, those shares all under pressure on the back of those ABLE numbers. We saw ABSA down 5%. It, of course, holds the...